0: Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GHunders Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Mike here with BeastNet, and um, we're doing the Q&A episode that we talked about with Janelle. So, uh, Janelle, say hello to everyone.
0: <laughs> Hi, everybody.
1: <laughs> all right. So we this has been up for a little bit, and... Um, we just, we want to make sure that, you know, we, we go through all these questions that everyone asked. Um, did you have anything you wanted to say before we started or do you just want to go straight in the questions?
0: Uh, we can just start out with some questions. I'm, I'm sure. Thanks all for right. having me on again. I'm really oh, excited yeah. to have an opportunity to talk to everybody. So
1: that's cool. Oh yeah. Anytime. All right. Let's see. The first question was from Candace today and she asked rest, rest or train the week before a race.
0: That is a really good question. Um, Of course, uh, first and foremost, I'm going to say most of these answers are going to be, you know, it it, it depends. (laughs) It depends on the person. It depends on your situation, what level of training you're at, how hard you've been training before. Um, But I can kind of generalize them and give you uh, some reasons why I think maybe one way or the other, and then people can kind of have a little bit of an educated background and make their choice for their specific, um, you know, situation.
1: Uh, I think that,
0: yeah, I think that the week before a race is, is critical. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's, you don't ever want to be on one end of the pendulum or the other. You got to be kind of in that sweet spot in the middle. Um, it really does your body no good to just sit. Uh, I know there's, like, the taper week, there's the rest-up period, there's the carb load, there's all this science of what to do before a race. But the worst thing you can do is just sit. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get stiff, you're going to get, you know, a little bit of atrophy, you're going to, all of those gains you've been working towards, you know, the previous weeks, they're, they're not going to be at their peak if you're, if you're just sitting. On the other hand, you don't want to go into a race with micro tears, with inflammation, with over-fatigued muscles, or you're, you're setting yourself up, in, you know, for an injury. So I think that um, the best approach, depending on how hard the event is, if it's a 5K and you're not a runner, you don't want to be running 5Ks, you know, three days up until the race. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're used to doing you know, Spartan, the ultras, then I think, you know, doing a 5k the day before is, is probably going to be fine. You want something that's going to be a workout, but that you're not going to have, uh, Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness, you know, 24 to 48 hours afterwards. So you kind of have to know what your training level is at, um, to pick something that gets your body moving, gets your blood flowing, um. Gets your, you know, your hormones. What we really want is to trigger those hormones yeah. uh, for growth and for muscle repair, um, even bone density and and mental sharpness. Those are all, you know, uh, highly affected by the types of hormones that are flooding your system 24 to 48 hours after an aerobic, you know, workout. So we want to have those. Those are going to help you with. You know, the event But you've got to find that that window Of working hard enough To get those hormones triggered But not working so hard That now you're in a deficit Or now you're, you've strained all of those muscles Or you've got them at their max To where they can't perform anymore
1: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense Yeah So, you don't want to it's one of the things, I mean, I teach OSHA classes, and that was when I first started, like, getting taught how to do them. That was one of the big things the instructor told me. He's like, every question has the same answer. It depends.
0: It depends. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, that's life. And and that's, that's the human body. I mean, we're all so different, and we're all such complicated biomechanical machines, you know. Yeah. Um, so tweaking them and, and finding where they run at their optimum level isn't is isn't just a blanket statement for everybody. Like, yes, go out and do this, this, and this, you know, this many hours before. That's why, that's why some of these diets, you know, that are out there that say, you know, eat this this many times a day and you're going to lose weight, it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody's no. at a different level and everybody functions just a little bit differently. So you have to kind of... Have a a good base to go off of, and some good advice, and some good sound educated advice to start from. But you're gonna have to tweak it a little bit and pay extra special attention to how you feel and how you perform based off of what you've done.
1: Yeah, and that's very true. I mean, you know, it all, you know, it it would be different for like someone like me if I was going to do a marathon, you know, tomorrow. I would need to. Prepare the day before a lot different than someone like patrick who a marathon that's a marathon for patrick is tuesday i mean
0: it's (laughs) dang that patrick i don't i don't know what he does but but a lot of running a lot
1: yeah it's the leprechaun he's just a tall leprechaun oh that's funny
0: he he really is amazing i i need to take his brain a little bit more on how he how he could do all those hard things but uh But, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, we can't expect, A, all of us to go wake up in the morning and perform the same as him. And we sure as heck can't go and ask someone like Patrick or Lorenzo or, you know, um, what do you guys do the day before? And then turn around and and copy that and expect to have the same results. you know? I mean, it's just... And even if you ask, you know, Zane, Patrick, Lorenzo, Adam... If you had all four of them lined up and you, four said, answers. Do you guys do the night before? You're going to get four different answers because right. even those top elite, you know, athletes, they function differently. They know, you know, either they know what works best for them or they're still figuring it out. Um, but but yeah, you're going to see a very, a very different spread of, of what they do. But I will guarantee you not one of them sits and does nothing and not one of them trains as hard as they were you know, the four days, five days, seven days out, because they, they know that you've got to kind of be in that middle pendulum swing where you're getting, again, where you're getting those, those hormone triggered, you're getting, you know, the blood flow, you're loosening up muscles, you're, you're telling the tendons and your ligaments to be supple and, you know, and not stiffen, but you're not working so hard that you're actually
1: causing damage. Yeah. And so that was kind of me when I was, before I got big like I am now, when I was smaller and running all the time, before a big marathon or something like that, for me it was always um, the night be, the week before was drink as much water as I could without exploding, and yeah. to um, the two days before I would my only workout I would really do is yoga. Yeah. I would do a you know a low impact yoga to stretch out those muscles and. You know, all that kind of stuff to really... Because that was my biggest fear all the time was pulling right. the muscle. So, like, those right. last two days was always, for me, it was a yoga. So I was still doing something. Yeah. I was moving, but I was really stretching out those muscles, so... Right,
0: yeah. Ideally, you know, for, for most everyone, I mean, again, some people are going to have what they like to do or what they found works for
1: them. Yeah. But
0: for most people, uh, you know, 72, 48 hours... Uh, before you don't you don't want to be lifting because no. i mean lifting lifting is just causing micro tears right that's what we want we want that shred that way we build and, and get bigger but you don't want to be doing an event on, sh- on shredded muscles so no. so nix the, the way lifting unless you're going to go super light and that's just your thing and you feel better about it but a good a good cardio base something whether it's running whether it's swimming whether biking whatever it is something that gets your heart rate up pretty high to get the maximum effect of those hormones um but that isn't causing a lot of damage and then yeah totally getting home throwing your legs up the wall getting some stretching um getting some limbering going on, those, I think that is the best combo, you know, time-wise, you have to figure that out, or what, is, what specific activity is going to be up to you, but I think doing, you know, some yoga and some cardio is, that will get you all of those benefits without causing any prior damage, you know, so that you're going into that event primed and, and healed.
1: Yeah, that's that's good, I mean, primed and healed is definitely a good thing. <laughs> Yes. So, I know this actually wasn't asked, but you were talking and it made me think of this. Stretching. Yes. What are your thoughts on stretching? You know, we, when we were younger and we were growing up, I know you're a little younger than me, but it was always, oh, not much. <laughs> you, you just, you stretched. I mean, you would start going to gym and you're reaching for your toes. Yeah. But from what I've heard, you know, nowadays, you know, the, the, these youngins and everything, the way they're teaching oh. it now more is to warm up. And that's how, you know, right. one reason why I like yoga Because it wasn't that cold Like, okay, right. I just, you know, got out of bed Now I'm going to see if I can touch my toes And feel my hamstring right. snap It was yeah. It's more of the warm-up, like yoga Where you're slowly working into the, the stretches And you're warming your legs up And everything like that before you stretch Is that the better way to go? Yes, definitely So, old school, you know uh,
0: Let's stretch before we lift weights Or let's stretch before we do anything just get rid of that. This <laughs> is bad, yeah. bad, bad idea. So think of our muscles like a stick of bubble gum. Um, the hard kind, like the old, you know, the, the kind that the baseball players chew, that you have to, like, chew it forever before it gets soft.
1: The ones that came um, in the, the uh-huh. baseball packs. That's <laughs> yeah, how old I am. They came in baseball cards. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, think of our muscles like that. So if you take that stick of gum and you just start pulling on it, it's not going to stretch. It's going to crack. It's going to fray. It's going to do some weird things. Yeah. And that is exactly what our muscle fibers will do. They, um, The myosin and, and the actin will start separating. Uh, they won't, you know, they'll tear instead of a release. And so what you want to do is a dynamic warm-up. So you want to be moving. You want to start out with... A little bit of oscillation, whether it's legs, arms, shoulders, you know, whatever it is. I mean, warm up your whole body because everything you do includes your whole body. Even if it's leg day, you've got to warm up those arms. You've got to warm up your core because if you're doing proper body mechanics, those should be firing. You're going to be doing some of those things. And that's usually when you get an injury is when you're focusing on some other body part and you're not paying attention to the others, yeah. Um, so yeah, get those oscillations in, and then slowly, as you're as you're warming up, increase your range of motion. So start with small arm circles, get bigger, 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 bigger. Get those, you know, shoulders warmed up. Same with like the legs. Do leg swings. Leg swings are amazing for prior running and prior lifting because those are such big muscle groups. They um, it takes a lot to get proper blood flow to them before you start really shredding them and before you start pounding them that's why everyone always says the first mile of running sucks the most well the reason the first mile sucks is because it takes about that long to get all of that blood flow and all of those muscles saturated with hormones and like it it takes a minute for your body to be like oh we're working and now I'm going to prepare these muscles and and get them ready to go so that first mile sucks because you're, you're not properly warming it up so if you do some leg swings do some circles get Get them moving without cold stretching. Then you know, go and and do your run, or go and do leg day, or go and do whatever. And then after you're done, when your muscles are warm, when you've already done, you know, whatever it is you want to do, that's when you do the old school stretch. That's when you hold, do some static stretching, try to improve your your range of motion. Um, If you stretch before you lift. This is just, I see it in the gym all the time and it kills me. When you're stretching, you're, you're causing those micro tears in the muscle. And that, that's a good thing. That's what we want when, when you're trying to improve uh, your flexibility, improve your range of motion. But when you're getting ready to go lift a stack of weights, the last thing you want is torn muscles, right? Yeah. So, so stretching before you lift or stretching before you sprint or before you have a, a big event, really bad idea, you've just lost up to 15 to 20% of your, your maximum power ability, just from stretching so oh. if you can do a dynamic warm up where you just warm up the muscles flood them with water, flood them with hormones, flood them with all of the chemical signals like hey we're getting ready to work now you're at you know, 95, 98, maybe 100% I mean it's hard to get to 100% unless you're you know, in a life or death situation but you're, you're close to maximum strength yeah. Yeah, hmm. and then when you're done, that's when you do that—the old school stretch, you
1: know. <laughs> so basically, they taught us completely wrong in school. We we shouldn't stretch before we do anything. We should you stretch know. after.
0: After. Yep. Always stretch after. Um, you'll you'll do a lot better uh, with improving your your range of motion, your flexibility, and you won't hurt as much. You know, it'll it'll help with the gums, It'll help with um, fatigue afterwards, muscle soreness. Yeah. Especially if you can do it in a way where, like for legs, if you can get your butt, like laying on the ground, get your butt up, up to the wall and get your legs up the wall and then do your stretches. Do your hamstring stretch, do your inner thigh stretch, do whatever you can. You're, you're going to double power that stretch because you're going to have gravity helping kind of pull that blood and pull the water and all of that other... You know, inflammatory response out of the muscles, and you're going to be stretching and increasing
1: flexibility as well. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. see, all those things we were taught as kids was wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I knew my, is, no than, oh,
1: so knew my PE teacher was full of it. Oh, sorry. What's that? So, I knew my PE teacher was full of it.
0: Well, they, I mean, they sort of knew what they're talking about. <laughs> but you know, just like anything else in science, we're, we're continually learning more
1: and more and yeah oh yeah no and that's good I mean that's something that I know a lot of people have asked and I mean you you still see people doing the static stretches before a race and I'm like I thought you weren't supposed to do that anymore you know like I said I did the yoga but it was one of those things I did it when I ran I did yoga twice a week anyway because it just felt right and after a run that was one of the things I would do too normally I would get a massage and do yoga like the next day that was my my that was my recovery day was getting a massage and doing yoga so, Perfect. But.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, and it, there's a fine line between helping your fellow Spartan and being that jerk that thinks they know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I see people doing all kinds of crazy stuff five minutes before they get in that shoot, and I'm just, I'm always like, what are you doing? <laughs> that is the worst thing you could have done, you know. Um, and it's hard because you want to help them out. I mean, that's kind of what this whole big family is about, right? It's yeah. helping each other out. But on the other hand, you know, you, you can't do that much good if the first thing they do is think, "Oh, this person thinks
1: they know everything," you know, and just
0: kind of blow you off. So, yeah. So it's
1: hard, you know. I and it's one of those more things we can too. Spread
0: education is is
1: the best way. I think right before a race, too, people have that like. We're all athletes in a way, and all athletes have that weird, like, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like superstitions. You know, like you have the baseball players that don't shave like for the entire playoffs or, you know, the the guys that wear the the same socks underwear. 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 (laughs) Yeah, because it's their lucky stuff, you know, and I think sometimes racers get that too. Even though you, you know, if you were to walk up to them right before a race and say what you're doing isn't right, then I think it would be one of those things that would ruin that superstition in their head and their whole race would be shot. So exactly. it's something that's, you know, better, like, here is a, an avenue on the, the podcast somewhere. If they listen to it and they're like, you know, maybe that's something I should look into. And then they can educate yeah. themselves. And that's one of the right. greatest things is nowadays, it's so easy to edu- educate yourself on anything. It is. You know, yeah. if someone says something, and, uh, you, you know, can just this, look it up.
0: Yeah, that's true. The, the, the caveat of that, though, is that it's also super easy to find the wrong information out there, too. I mean, that's if very you true. and I were to Google, you know, stretching... We find 15 pages, one that says stretch before, one that says stretch after, one that says stretch cold, one says stretch hot, you know what I mean? So you do have, I mean, it is great that you can learn just about anything, but I think it's good to have, you know, a team or some people that, that know their stuff or that, you know practice or, or do it and, and, I think it's and one of, those, of guide you as
1: well. It's one of those things too to look at where you're getting your information a lot of times. People just look up and the first thing they Google and they're like hey they say I'm supposed to you know stretch while I'm yeah. hanging, up, hanging upside down from a, a rope right. you know before every race and it's like yeah but yeah. you're looking at the onion dude that's, that's a joke website you know it's yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people really need to look like oh hey I'm looking at something from you know a a medical place or a a, a hospital or a college and it's like that's probably a little more credible and you probably should look at that and also look at when it was, you know, published. If it was published in like 1998, yeah, yeah, you probably should look for something a little newer. Yeah,
0: look for something a little newer and find out if
1: they had any monetary gain from their (laughs) Yes, It's a lot. Yeah. There is, there's a lot of them. It's not, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's as prevalent as it used to be but I know it was a lot back in, like, the 90s and 80s, where there was a lot of those things where everyone's like, yes, this is what the medical findings were, and then you'd find out, well, oh, cool, yeah, they're they're backing Bear, because Bear paid them. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yep. We had, last semester, no, my first semester of school, I had an entire class on how to read articles, and then how to basically, like, break them down, and, and validate whether it was a good article or not, and you know, I, I, so I went into it like, well, these are all medical journal articles, and they're peer-reviewed, and they're written by doctors, like, they've got to be good. And yeah. then as we learned, like, how to really look at certain things, and who sponsored it, or who, writ, who wrote it, and who are they affiliated with, and, you know, how strong is their data, and did they want that data to look a certain way, you know? After we were done, I was like, man, I just don't trust anybody now, yeah. <laughs> you know? and it's it's really hard like if you don't get a 9 out of 10 I'm just not even going to believe your article and <laughs> you know I mean that's kind of too bad but a lot of times friends or you know other people will send me stuff like oh but look you know this says this and it's got you know like a, a Pedro score of like 4 you know or 2 and it's just like well let's look for one that you know maybe has a, a better ranking a better score that, yeah. that's a higher quality article and let's see what it says you know Yes. Yeah. It's, it's hard it's, it's there's so much
1: information out there, and it's a blessing and a curse, you know? Oh, it is. And, and I agree. I mean, there's there's so many things. I mean, even medically, everything where you can find, you know, it was like the big joke for me years ago was the whole thing with eggs. One yes. week, eggs were yes. amazing for you. They had yes. all these great things. Yes. And the next week, they're like, you're going to die if you eat eggs. Yes. And then two yes. weeks later, they're amazing again. I'm like, wait a minute. Which is it? Because yes. I really like eggs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i think you're okay just try and find some humanely raised eggs and
1: you'll be all right <laughs> exactly but that that's what i mean Is like you get a lot of that on the you know for almost every fact that you can come up with someone can find something on the web that goes against them yeah. so yeah no so it's good having people like you and you know there's a few other people in the group that have backgrounds in physical yeah. training and you know degrees and, and they've research this stuff. They're not just going on the internet going, hey, this is what Google WebMD says. Yeah. 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 Sure. WebMD says oh. you have cancer and you're going to die. But, oh. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. no matter That's what you true. put in there, it pretty much says you have cancer and you're going to die. It, it could doesn't matter. It be cancer,
0: or it could be an ingrown hair. It, yeah, But there's like 25 million things in between, too, that it could also be. Oh, yeah.
1: It's really rare disease. <laughs> yeah, it just, it yeah I stay yeah. away from I stay away from weapon D. Yeah, there's there's plenty of other <laughs> sources. <laughs> oh, so speaking of the 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 uh, stretching and everything else, that kind of goes into like I think Lisa's next comment was uh, Lisa Lindy. She said uh, ankle injuries. What's the best way to prevent them?
0: So ankles are so important. I um, hate ankles. If anything, I think they're probably, like, the most important yet underrated body part we have. They are your connection to the ground. And everything that your body does from ankle up depends on your connection. Unless you're walking around on your hands or swinging from bars like we do. But uh, the best way to prevent ankle injuries, two things. Ankle strength, which kind of sounds like a no-brainer, but I'll break it down in just a second. And really good balance.
1: I thought walking on your hands was a good one. Yeah, ankles on your
0: hands. I don't know how that will help your ankles, but it probably is pretty good. Well, you're not
1: going to hurt them if you're not walking on them.
0: That's true. That is true. It would (laughs) be hard to do an entire Spartan Ice
1: on on your hands. It would be.
0: Yeah, so uh, ankle strengthening. So number one key point I can give you guys is there's so many things we do wrong to stabilize our ankles. We, we tape them, we wear shoes that have high ankle support, we wear braces, I mean, I mean we do all of this crazy stuff, right? Yeah. And all that does is limit the muscles that are meant to work in your feet, in your legs, in your ankles, to help stabilize that joint. So when you take something and you, you splint it, or you limit its motion, um, it sounds like you're supporting it and it sounds like a good idea, but really it's not. It's probably the worst thing you could do, unless you have a fractured bone, which in that case, you know, you do need to splint it up and keep movement from occurring. But, it, you know, fra- fractured bones aside, you want to be moving that ankle around as much as possible. Yeah. So, my favorite thing to tell people to do is when you're at home, walk barefoot. When you're doing some sort of, when you're doing yoga, obviously, barefoot. Yeah. Uh, When you're doing kickboxing, if you can, do it barefoot. When you're doing, you know, P90X or, you know, whatever your home video, home workout, jumping rope, uh, burpees, you know, whatever it is, if you can do it barefoot, uh, that's going to serve you best. The, The second thing that I think is amazing for ankle strength and stability is trail running you got to have a good, healthy ankle before you go out and trail run. But if your ankles are, are, are decent and you're not having problems with them, but you're looking to strengthen them and to make them, like, super ankles, go out and start doing some trail running. Don't put on, you know, a stabilizing shoe. You don't have to wear a minimalist shoe. I mean, a good sole is fine. But, but make it a low-cut shoe where, where your ankle can move and your foot can adjust to the, the varying terrain forcing your foot to go in those, you know, all different directions is the best way to train the muscles to learn how to stabilize your ankle going in all of those directions. Um, I think we wear big, clunky shoes. We, we walk on solid pavement. We walk on carpeted floors so often that we're losing our ability to navigate the ground without, without help. And so We see sprained ankles so much in the clinic because
1: people just don't ever walk around barefoot. See, I think that's crazy because I will be honest, as soon as I get home from work, one of the first things I do is kick my shoes off. I hate wearing shoes. Yeah. So I'm barefoot. When I'm not at work, if I'm at home, I'm barefoot often. I walk on the yard. I walk up and down the driveway. I don't, I've never liked shoes. So yeah. it amazes me that yeah. people don't walk around barefoot.
0: Right. See, I grew up, I grew up, my dad's Japanese, and so, you know, we learned when you come into the house, you take your shoes off, and Yeah. so it's so weird for me to, like, walk around the house in my shoes, but, um, but yeah, you know, uh, I danced for quite a while, and I think that that, I mean, I was young and little, but I think that started me out, on a good foot <laughs> sorry for the pun uh, a good foot for having nice strong ankles and you know i can my balance is really good i can go do trail runs and i don't i you know i can feel like i'll hit a rock and i can feel something where i'm like whoa that probably would have been really bad if i didn't have you know good ankle reaction and that's what that's the key is the reason you, you sprain your ankles or the reason, you know, you, you have ankle problems is you have poor ankle reaction. You have you don't have the neuromuscular communication or the muscular strength um, toned in to moving any direction other than, you know, dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, you know, up and down yeah. like you would if you're walking on a sidewalk. So. When you lose that that neuromuscular response, and then you go run a Spartan, you're, it takes too long for for your brain and and your muscles to be like, "Whoa, well, you know, this foot is in the wrong angle. I need to correct it by contracting, you know, X, Y, and Z muscles." By the time your brain figures that out, you've already like maxed out your ankle angle, and now now you've got a sprain. So by doing you know, not just walking around your house barefoot, but by doing, you know, different workouts or or even just some ballet classes. You know, whatever it is, those things are super important because they constantly have your foot moving in all sorts of directions. They have your yeah. body weight shifting in all sorts of directions. And if you're struggling with ankle problems um, and you're not doing you know a, a workout or you know things like that if that's not your if that's not your deal then the next thing i would suggest to you is to start working on your balance um get get a Bosu ball get a Disc. these are all things you can buy on amazon these are kind of expensive but super cool uh discs are not so expensive you can get foam mats that are different uh depths and different density and you just start standing on it you you stand on it you do squats you do you know whatever heel toe walking you do heel raises um and it it makes the the ground very uneven you know in your home and you can do you know 10 minutes a day however many minutes you work up and you'll start noticing, at first, your foot's probably going to ache for a while because you're now you're using all these muscles that you're not used to using. But after a while, you're going to notice that your balance is improved, uh, you're stumbling less, you're, you're catching yourself quicker when you do, you know, hit that rock weird or hit the curve weird. And then once you're able to start doing those types of things... And you can start trail running, or you can start running on, you know, uneven ground, or, or doing some other things. You'll be amazed at how much that will shift all the way up the chain. Your knees will start hurting less. Your hips will start hurting less. You'll have less lower back problems because now you're you're interacting with the ground in a more natural way that you're that we're all evolved to do, right?
1: Yeah. And, which is and you'll not- start having
0: less injuries for sure.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome. I mean, that's kind of one thing, like I said, I hate wearing shoes, always have. Um, yeah. But I also, I mean, some people don't know my background. I took years of martial arts as a teenager, um, yep. and that was another thing. I mean, most people know martial arts, normally you don't wear shoes, like ever. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you always have, you're, put self, you're putting yourself in, your fighting, you're doing katas, you're doing all that kind of stuff with no shoes on, so you're constantly right. moving your feet into weird positions and... Yep. I think that that's one reason why my ankles have always been strong, you know. Yeah. And then, like yep. you said, if you strengthen them, it it's it strengthens every, it helps everything, and you know. Everything. And I can, like a you know, I've said before in the podcast, one of my issues is a broken foot. I haven't right. been able to completely come back from that because of my strides wrong, which messes everything yep. up. You right. know, it, it causes yep. pain all the way up my left leg into my back, and it's like okay, yep. I've got to it's something I'm still trying to overcome and I find more and more, the more I work out and I I think it might be the secret in what you said, the more I work out without shoes on, the better it feels. The only thing I can't do really well is run without shoes on. Yeah,
0: no. And I, you know, uh, uh, side note. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big proponent on running without shoes. I'm not a, I'm not a big supporter of zero drop shoes or the weird toe glovey shoes. Um, For some people, they're probably great, and I'm guessing those people are always barefoot or always in flat shoes or zero drop shoes, and that's fine. If you can run in them and they're not bothering you and you're not having knee problems or hip issues or low back pain, then by all means, there's nothing wrong with them. Have at it and, and enjoy. But. I know it was like a huge craze for a yeah. while to have zero drop shoes or to have those glovey shoes. What are those things called? I can't even think of
1: I them don't know right what now. they were but called. They were little, called weird. You know what I'm talking about? They, yeah, they were like weird.
0: Cause your because each toe has a little thing. It's going to come to me after we're done. But
1: I don't know how you could. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: They
1: I don't would not asked me could, just to have
0: weird things between my toes.
1: Yeah. See, butt. that's where I have problems. You start putting stuff. That's why I don't like it. You'll never see me in flip-flops. Yeah. Because but I don't, I don't like to things top. between my toes, and it's like that—that that <laughs> bugs me. I'm like, I'll rather just go barefoot.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the, the problem with those are, you know, um, the rest of the day we're not in zero drop shoes. Most of us, I mean, our normal, our normal tennis shoes, our work boots, are. Office shoes, dress shoes, they all have heels on them. And your calf and your your, uh, Achilles tendons and even your feet are kind of accustomed to being in a certain position. They'll have a full range of motion. You know, we can go up on our toes, we can stand on the stair and drop our heels down and that's fine. Um, But what happens when you run in a shoe that's lower than what you're used to, running puts a, a huge amount of force on on the posterior chain. So your, your Achilles tendon, your calves, your thighs, the backs of your knees. And when you change that angle to something that those muscles aren't used to doing every single day and have kind of, you know, like formed to do, yeah. all of a sudden you're like maxing out the stretch on those tendons and those muscles and you're just pounding away for... You know what? Thirty minutes, an hour. If you're Patrick, it's you know 25 miles. I don't know how long it hour. Times, but yeah, yeah. So you know that can do a lot of damage. And then people are like, man, I don't know why why my feet hurt or my shins hurt or my whatever my knees. And uh, I just think that having a little bit of a heel and a little bit of shock, you know, absorption in your shoe, it's It's not messing up, you know, our human form and function, I promise you. Uh, It's not going to change your posture. What will change your posture is having nice, strong ankles and learning how to stand and how to walk correctly. Yeah. But uh, having, you know, a couple millimeters of really reactive rubber and foam underneath your heel to protect those joints and to kind of absorb some of those forces between that and learning how to run properly, you know that's
1: really the best way to, to go at it but i don't know how we
0: got on that tangent of zero drop anyway
1: we were so, talking about yeah yeah I mean. but yeah i mean it's it, drink, I yeah it's like you said it, it all it depends i mean like you said there's certain yeah. people that for whatever reason those zero drops and the, the you know the weird footy shoes whatever <laughs> they are those things yeah. work really well for some people yeah and yeah. other and people are used to it yeah for someone like me i mean i know Cause I wore the wrong shoes when I first started running and I was like, I'm done. This, did my legs hurt yeah. more and more every day while I'm doing this? So forget this. And then I went to a running store and had them like, look at my gait, see what I did. And they're like, yeah, you're wearing the wrong shoes. Try these. Yeah. Yeah. And two weeks after I got those, I ran a full half marathon without pain. And I'm like, yeah. this is amazing. I found heaven. I mean, yeah. it was like, you know, my, my life had changed. I'm like, Oh my God, it's yeah. shoes. It's all about yeah. the shoes.
0: Yeah, I, you can ask my family, like, I think they jokingly call me the shoe Nazi because, you know, anyone who ever is like, I'm going to start working out. My first question is what shoes are you going to wear? Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's that important, you know? Find the right shoes. Uh, yeah, you have to be in the right shoes and you have to have the right form or you're just going to trash your body. People that are out there, they're like running bad for your knees, running trashes your knees, running bad for you. You know, I feel bad because it's not the running that's bad for you. It's running in the wrong shoes or improper form or, do you know what I mean, having muscular imbalances like weak ankles or weak lower back or not using your core. Those are the things that are bad for you, and it's just going to show up when you run. But guess what? It's going to be worse when you're... 50, 60, 70 years old. I'm getting there. Like, it's not the running, it's these other factors.
1: Well, and that's just it, because, I mean, that's one thing I hear people all the time say, running is, it's horrible on your knees, and I'm like, I was supposed to have surgery on both my knees 20 years ago, and I looked at the doctor, and I'm like, yeah, when I can stop walking, then you can do it. I, you know, it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. And then I ran... Uh, Which I'm not saying is a good idea. You should listen to your doctor, people. Don't listen to me. I'm crazy. But I lost all the weight and started running correctly and doing everything else. And I had no knee issues. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, yes, I did blow out my knee on a a half marathon. But that was downhill and I was running incorrectly. That was my own fault. But when you're running correctly and you drop the weight, like right now, my knees are killing me but I'm yeah. 260, so of course my knees are killing me, I'm fat, but <laughs> once I drop the weight wow. again, I know they will be, they'll be better because I can get the muscles yeah. back in my legs like they should be, and drop the weight and I'm not putting 260 pounds on my knees. Right, so. yeah. You know,
0: that's, that's the weird, like, taboo subject. Sorry for my dog yawning in the foreground. Um, that's the taboo subject that doctors can't can't say and that even already with my upcoming profession i'm i'm facing because people are like i you know i can't do this i can't do this my body hurts my knees hurt my back hurts. why does everything hurt it hurts when i run because you you haven't done anything yeah or you know you're looking at them and you're like well you've got an extra 50 pounds on you 60 pounds even 20 pounds you know for every pound that we are overweight, that increases the force that we come in contact with the earth, right? Like, we all learned that in, yeah. in you know junior high physics or whatever. So, but here's the thing, n- none of the doctors I mean, until you're like morbidly obese, doctors don't want to tell their patients. you know, you wouldn't hurt so bad if you lost some weight. Doctors don't want to tell them that and patients don't want to hear that. So instead, we say things like, "Well, try these orthotics," or "Try, you know, swimming instead of this," or "Try, you know, PT." And then they send them our way. And then, as a physical therapist, it's like, "I know why your knees are hurting. I know why your back is hurting. Yeah. It's because you're carrying all this extra weight." But at what point is it okay to tell someone, you know, you would hurt a lot less if you if you lost some weight? And that's a really hard thing. It's a hard thing. For your loved ones, it's a hard and it's a yeah. hard pill to swallow when it's yourself. I've I've put on some weight well, you know, this past year and it's it's killing me, but I can feel it. I feel it in my knees. I feel it in my back. And, you know, I can sit here and say, gosh, why do my knees hurt when I run? Why do you know, maybe I'm training wrong. Well. And it's like that little voice inside is like, no, Janelle, it's because you've got, you know, 10 extra pounds than when you were last year. And let's get rid of that, and I bet your knees will stop hurting. Yeah. So there is a huge, you know, a huge correlation to carrying extra weight and, and joint pain. Um, and, you know, I, I, I hate to tell us that, but, but if you're noticing that your joints hurt and you're trying everything, take a look at your at your body weight and even if you're low body fat and you're just very very muscular that will hurt too you yeah. know if it's you're still carrying weight. extra mass it's still weight and it's still increased force on the cartilage and the ligaments and the tendons that are connected to your bones that's just that's all there is to it so if you want to be able to run or you want to be able to do Spartan there's, there's a window of the type of body weight that you should carry around where you're going to be able to do it and train and not hurt. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I don't, mm. I'm saying that with love and I'm even telling myself that like okay Janelle, this means if you want to keep doing these things, you know, sometimes uh, all the PT in the world isn't going to fix you. It's, you've got to be, you got to drop those few pounds, you know, you got to eat better, you got to sleep better, you got to, you know,
1: all right, and it's things. all those
0: things. Yeah, and it's all the things that are boring that we don't want to do. You know, we want to go to the gym and we want to lift the iron and we want to run out in, you know, in the nature and have people be like, wow, look how cool she is. She's running in these old places, you know. That's the fun stuff. That's the rewarding stuff because we feel like it's instant gratification. But if, you're, if your body's constantly hurting or you're not healing or you're not seeing the results you want from your training, I can guarantee you it's it's diet, it's lack of sleep, you know, it's, it's
1: all of those things. Oh, yeah. You got to take care of your body and it'll take care of you. Definitely. All right, let's take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, okay. and then we'll come back and answer a couple more questions. Perfect. All right, we're back from break. Now, we we've talked about you know ankle injuries and joints and all of that stuff. Um, what to do before a race, but what about after? Um, Joe Loomis asks, active recovery or rice? <laughs> well,
0: again, it depends.
1: <laughs> it depends. It depends. So, uh,
0: easy question to answer, and and what it depends on is what type, what's causing your soreness. So if you've done a race or a really hard workout or you summited a peak or something like that, when you come home and you wake up the next day or even that evening and you're hurting and you're hurting bad and you're trying to decide, like, what do I need to do tomorrow? Do I, do I take, you know, a little jog or do I need to ice this up and rest it? So it really depends on, on what you're feeling. So, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS, our favorite thing in the world, uh, usually happens anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. Um, 48 hours happens to be my magic window. So if I hurt the next day, I know the very next day is going to suck even worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that kind of soreness is, you can tell if it's DOMS by it hurts the worst when you come from, you know, sitting still. And then you go to get up or, or you're moving around and then you do like an, a deeper range motion, like, I don't know, sitting on the toilet, that seems to be horrible for <laughs> leg day or, you know, trying to get up from your car or get up from the floor. Um, if it hurts when you do like a, a really big range of motion like that, but then goes away as you're, you know, moving around. Uh, that's a pretty good indication that you're just sore from, from the workout. It's probably not an injury, um, and that's when I would suggest a very light active recovery. Um, when you make those micro tears after a really hard workout, the, the best way to keep them from just healing up stiff and short is to continually move them. And what you wanna do is you almost, you're almost, think of it this way, you have a big tear and then it starts to heal and you kind of tear it again just a little bit smaller and then it starts to heal and you tear and tear and tear. And it sounds horrible, but that's really what we want because as it's healing, it's healing in its lengthened position in in the range that you're able to move it. If you just sit, it's gonna heal in the shortened position and then you're gonna lose range of motion and flexibility. So if it's the type of soreness that goes away after a few minutes or doesn't get worse, then active recovery is, is your best bet. Now, if it's something where there's swelling, lots of swelling, if it's hot, and if it hurts and it's throbbing or shooting, stabbing, all of those kind of key terms that people use to describe their pain, um, and you if got it problems. hurts... <laughs> all the time or gets worse as you move around it's probably an injury it doesn't mean that it's like you got to rush to the hospital or have surgery but you've probably done beyond a micro and now we're looking at some actual damaged tissue that kind of repair needs to happen with rice so rest ice compression elevation um maybe an anti-inflammatory I'm not a huge fan of anti-inflammatories because believe it or not the inflammation process is super important for for tissue healing Um, it's when it goes haywire becomes chronic that's when we have to address it so unless you're in a lot of pain and unless you have a fever I would stay away from from anti-inflammatories I would take some Tylenol and maybe use some ice if you need to if it makes it feel better, try some ice. But really, the best thing to do is, is get it elevated. If it's swollen, um, get that, that swelling down. You can do some tape. Uh, I can tape you, you can you can know, reach out to me, and if I can't come and physically tape you for swelling, then I can kind of show you how to do it yourself. Uh, taping for swelling is amazing. It, it definitely uh, does the trick if you do it properly. But um, getting that slowing down will help a lot with pain in an injury, so elevation. Uh, Compression is good as long as you know what you're doing. If you compress it the wrong way, you can actually cause like a tourniquet effect and you will prevent any of the tissue healing from happening and you'll actually make things worse. So if you have an injury where you feel like you need to do ice compression elevation, reach out to somebody, whether it's me, whether it's your doctor, whether, you know, it's your, your PT or your personal trainer, somebody who's been, uh, educated and how to properly compress the, whether it's a joint and muscle, whatever, because what we don't want to happen is you to, you know, self-medicate and now you've caused even worse. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So does ice in my scotch count?
0: Ice in your scotch, yes, that definitely that counts. Can, that and counts. elevation counts every time you lift that glass. So. There you go. And you're probably resting. Yeah. I would imagine while you're doing
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know me very well. I'll drink scotch while I'm running on the treadmill. <laughs> well, that
0: might yeah. I mean, hey. To each their own. If that works for you, then I just want to see that happen. That'd be funny. <laughs>
1: Come over at like any night you'll see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh hey Adam, I'm gonna go train with Mike for a bit. <laughs> yep. We're doing the special Scotch treadmill workout.
0: The Scotch five K, yeah.
1: <laughs> the bad part is there's um, not probably any person I'd be like that would really question that. I'd be like, Cool, can I come? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean not yeah. that I'm promoting that, but I might show up if, if that becomes
1: a beast event. <laughs> it does. That's that's the next beast workout. It's gonna be the Scotch <laughs> the, the Scotch five K instead of the taco mile it's scotch 5k yep it's a scotch 5k you have to stop at the end of every <laughs> end of every kilometer and take a shot of scotch yeah oh god that's on horrible on the definitely
0: not a family friendly event nah. but
1: well that's the one thing but, there's uh, there's a legend that basically says that that's why there's 18 holes of in golf is because originally oh. the Scottish are the ones who made golf and there was 18, 18 shots in a scotch of whiskey and a, and a fifth of whiskey so whoever oh. won the hole got a shot, and when oh, you gosh. hit eighteen, you were done. So that yeah. was that's always been the legend. I've never been able to find out if it's completely true or not, but that's been the legend. If that's why there's eighteen holes because there's eighteen shots and it's got a and a fifth of whiskey.
0: Well, I mean, that sounds like science to me. I, it I makes sense to me. His,
1: a historical fact, yes. Yeah, it's it, got to be. We can call that true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that's funny. So so yeah so rice i mean it's like you said i mean pretty much everything almost every answer is going to be it depends i mean you really got to look at every situation and make sure you're doing what's right for your body and what's right for the situation i mean it's we make jokes all the time when you know i'll go do like montana which the last two years i've been hurt on the beast both times but normally when i would do the sprint the next day everyone's like you're insane and i'm like active recovery better go do that sprint you know <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but yeah. in all reality and it sounds horrible but the years that I did the sprint after the day after I felt better on Monday yeah because yeah. I went out there and I it was I didn't you know it was party pace definitely party pace for right. that sprint because my body right. anyone who's done Montana knows Montana is a beast yeah, and, it is a beast yeah you know that sprint the next day it was just I went out there and I moved those muscles and got them the blood flow into them again and yeah the days where I've come back and I've been hurt and I'm like okay well I'm not racing so of course I'm hurt and I'm trying to keep whatever body part from doing more damage so I'm not all moving right. that's when I hurt the more the most all is right. when I don't right. move yeah, yeah. And, and
0: to be quite honest um if there's a situation when you need to race something when you to when you need to rest elevate you know all of that probably most of us I'm gonna say most probably most of us We'll know, like, okay, I think I'm injured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we can all push through quite a bit. Yeah. And once in a while, we'll say, like, oh, I'm, I'm sore. I must be injured. I'm going to take a rest day. And really, we're, we're probably fine. But that's okay. But um, in a real situation, chances are, if, if it's an injury where it's bad enough that you need to stay off of it, get it up, compress it, you're probably going to know. Because it's going to hurt more than just how you feel the day after, you know, yeah. two pee huh. swats or leg day or whatever day it is that you go and do maximum effort and you hurt really bad the next day, you can still get out of bed, you can still walk around, you can still, you know, sh- shower, go to the bathroom, whatever. It, it sucks.
1: But you're, well, you can do you know
0: it. you're okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in a situation where you truly need to rest it, ice it, compress it, talk to somebody and say, hey, how do I manage this? You're going to know. It's going to hurt oh, yeah. way more than that. Or maybe it doesn't hurt way more, but it doesn't It doesn't go away. It doesn't alleviate. You just constantly all day, you're like, "God, ah, my ankle hurts. Or, oh, my shoulder hurts. You know what I mean? Or it well you're not going to be able to ignore it. The, the cool thing about DOMS is our brains are pretty cool at, at – realizing like hey i'm pretty sore i want to take it easy but i got this other stuff to do you know we got to hunt and gather food and watch out for lions so i'm going to make you forget about how bad you hurt unless you really have to go do something hard then you know i'm going to remind you that hey by the way you're you're still sore from yesterday don't do that but
1: um
0: yeah but if you're injured your brain's going to be like holy cow I need to get off this thing, I need to sit down, I need to send, you know, all of these healing, you know, markers to, to do some repair, and I can't do that if we're still, you know, walking around on it, So I'm going to make it hurt every single step you take, and you're not going to be able to forget about it. That's oh, yeah. a situation where you're going to want to get off of it, I sit and talk to someone. Make sure you're taking care of that, because those types of injuries, whether, you know, they don't send you to the hospital, but they're bad enough that you're like, man, I think I hurt myself. If you don't take care of them, those become those nagging injuries that I'll yep. see you in my clinic, you know, a year later when it's gotten worse and you're like, well, there was that one time I hurt my ankle and didn't really do anything and I just kept going through it and, and now you've got a massive injury, so.
1: Oh yeah, that's true, You know. I mean, I, you know nobody knows about sure, it better than you
0: yeah exactly and, and if you're in that gray area where you're like wow this is worse than you know just being really sore but it doesn't seem like it's that injured reach out reach out to some of us and you know i can i can do some things either you know over the phone or i can meet up with you and we can look at some specific key motions or movements and if they hurt then we'll be like all right yeah you're injured let's let's take care of this thing
1: yeah No, and it's like, you know, for me, it's like Montana the last two years. For some reason, I have shoulder issues every time I go to Montana. But like, you know, two years ago, I was there and I felt something like, it felt like something tore in my chest. And I'm like, well, that's not good. But of course, it was in the first like two miles. I'm like, I'll finish the race and figure it out later. We'll figure, you know, it out we'll figure it out after. We'll figure it out after. And the next day, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I think I'll do the sprint. And then I woke up the next morning and my, like, right move is, like, twice the size of the left. And I'm like, yeah, I think I did something. Oh, uh, this, yeah. is, this, this isn't good. This is some swelling yeah. that, yeah, I probably shouldn't erase today. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if then.
0: Whenever there's swelling, that's a, that's a good indication that you, you should probably should stay off of it. Or at yeah. least, like, that's an injury. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You can you might get a little puffy after a really 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 hard workout, but you'll notice it that you're puffy everywhere. Like yeah. your fingers will be little sausages, and your toes will be stiff. And you know what I mean. But if you have like localized swelling,
1: you did and, some don't. or
0: heat, you did something. Yeah. Let's you know take it easy. Don't go out and you know beast it out the next day. Like let's you know let's make sure yeah. you're taken care of and get you better. So
1: that you can go to the next race and that's know, just missing, it missing yeah it, it sometimes it's yeah, just it's, like okay you know i can't do this race and that's been me in montana the last two years like i said you know two I years know. ago i woke up and my right move was twice the size of the other and i'm like yeah i probably did something there and i ended up i, yeah. I tore my pec and my bicep that on that uh, one and then um this year i actually dislocated my shoulder my left shoulder and it's one of those, I never went to the doctor because I've just, it's not a first thing it's not the first time it's happened but I should yeah. have seen the sign when I yeah. was doing something earlier in the day I felt that pop and I'm like yeah, I think I may have, you know something's not right there, but I kept going anyway and then I went to do an obstacle yeah. where I was hanging and the second I put all my weight on that shoulder it was like thunk and I'm like okay, yep, yep, nope. yep. I know what I just did so yeah, I'm yeah, I'm in, I'm in well. trouble now
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, the downside of, of being the type of athletes that we are, where we go and, you know, just power through the suck. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we, we ignore that voice that's like, hey, Janelle, you know, this is bad. You should probably stop now. And I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm keep going. I got yeah. like eight more hours. I should be fine, <laughs> you yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, you know, we just sometimes it takes a little louder
1: message for us to hear it. It does, and that, and that's one of my things too. Is I mean, as I've gotten older, uh, a lot of a lot of those injuries from when I was younger are coming back to bite me. Yeah, you know, like yeah. My, my shoulder, yeah. the, the dislocating of my shoulder. It's like a lot of people don't realize that's actually an old injury. Yeah. That once you kind of dislocate your shoulder, it just kind of happens after that. Yeah. You know, there there are ways
0: you you really have to pay attention to muscular balance to keep that from happening
1: again. Yeah, and that's it. I mean I dislocated it twenty years ago and since I did it twenty years ago and I haven't completely got everything balanced right in there, every once in a while I'll do something and I'll put too much pressure on that shoulder and it'll just pop right back out and it's like, Oh, well, guess I gotta put it back and then for two or three days that arm's pretty much useless. So
0: Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's the crappy thing about us humans is you know when we start to learn all the really important stuff in life we're like a decade too old and, yeah. and the decade before is when we did all this stupid stuff to our bodies and now we're like dang i could just go back and like tell myself then like stop doing this you know you're gonna regret this in 10 years yeah, yeah that's unfortunate
1: because I mean, when you're younger you, you feel like you're see- invincible.
0: You're yeah, like, I'm fine. Course. You're like, I, I, don't, I don't need more than four hours of sleep on yeah. a given night, and I can drink or do whatever, or, you know, I can go trash my body and just keep going and not take care of it. And then, yeah, you hit 30, and, and you're like, oh, my God, why did yeah. I do that? <laughs> you know? It's
1: like, what is doctor talking about? Six weeks, like, yeah. four is close yeah. enough.
0: And then we're, then we're the 30-year-olds that are like, Telling the 20 year old like you're gonna regret this you need to take care of your body yeah. and they're like yeah, yeah whatever like whatever it <laughs> yeah it's unfortunate
1: but <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> it is you know and it's it's one of those things i mean you learn after a while now we're just at that age where we're like okay we were stupid when we were younger now we just have to figure out how to deal with it and move forward so exactly the good thing is is you know the body is
0: pretty amazing and if you have if you have someone that can kind of guide you and, and help you and knows what they're doing, you can you can get back to, you know, pretty darn near 20 feeling again. You know, like how you felt you your 20s or at your best or whenever, whatever year it was that you were at your peak. We can we can get you back there. It's just going to take a little more work
1: at all. I think it's like 10. That was about my peak.
0: <laughs> your peak was at 10. I think my peak was like six, 7.
1: I, I was one of those kids that like I was really sick as a kid and a lot of people don't know this like really sick like to the point that like parents didn't think I was parents and doctors didn't think I was gonna live past like the age of 10. Oh so my, gosh. my parents had that complete opposite reaction of most parents where most parents are like, oh my God, put them in a bubble blah my parents went the opposite direction where okay. they're like, well you're gonna die anyway so go have fun I I mean. And I mean, a lot of people are like, that's horrible. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because if I lived in that bubble, I probably would have died because I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm bored. I yeah. want to die. Right. But my yeah. parents were like, go enjoy life. I mean, if you're going to die yeah. anyway, go have a great life. Right. And then all of a sudden no, I, I turned to like, really cool. I turned like 15. The doctor's like, you should be dead. Oh, and I'm like, okay. Nice again. But, you know, and I'm I'm 40 now. So it's like. I kind of lived a little bit too crazy because I knew. It wasn't like my parents hid it from me. I knew in my head that I was supposed to die. So who cares what I did to my body? And who cares if I stepped over this line because I'm going to die anyway. So let's enjoy it. Yeah. You know, so there's a few things I did as a a teenager and stuff like that. That was like a little way overboard because I was just like, whatever. (laughs) Whatever, yeah. I didn't have that fear of dying because I thought I was going to die anyway. So it's like, cool, yeah, I'll stand on the hood of this car while you do 80. Sounds awesome. Wow, yeah. Yeah, there's stories there. Some pretty good ones, but... Yeah, I bet. (laughs) That's
0: that's for another podcast. (laughs) Yes, that's for a
1: completely another podcast. But The
0: next question and answer will be like, Mike, tell
1: us all about it. Yeah. Um so, so we talked about a few things here um, I know Candace again popped up and she asked about diet you know yeah. what is the best I mean you know there's the old science says carbs carb up but yeah everything else I mean there's so many different versions of what you're supposed to do out there is there really yeah. I mean in your opinion is there a better one or is it more like you've said before it depends on the person which I think it kind of does on most cases
0: yeah, well, okay. So, I think it does depend on if you have a medical issue that yes. is affected by diet, right? If you're diabetic, if you have food allergies, you know, whatever it is, then then obviously that's going to have a huge impact on what you can eat and, and what you can't eat. Um, but if, if you don't have something like that and you're just trying to be healthy or trying to lose weight, um, you know... You can go low-carb, you can go paleo, you can try all of those things. And personally, I've tried probably far too many. And all I've ended up with are some really strange, like, food issues, or eating <laughs> issues, or fear, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, I ate, you know, this pasta, and now I'm going to bloat up, or I'm not supposed to eat, you know, more than three raspberries a day. I mean, it's just, you know, stupid.
1: Three raspberries, um, that would be a horrible day. <laughs> I need, like, at no. least 12.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've tried them all, and thank, thank God, I have a few degrees in human stuff and it it actually like empowered me to understand how food works in the human body and how fat storage works and how fat, you know, burning actually works and what triggers that and and, and really people overcomplicate it. Um, Like I said, you know, medical issues aside, eat real food. Yeah. Fruits, vegetables, If you eat animal products, try and find ones that are, you know, not disgusting, so they're not jacked up with hormones, they're not jacked up with antibiotics, they're not raised in horrible, like, awful conditions.
1: They're just animals Um, that have been turned into meat. That's what you want.
0: Exactly, yes. Um, and, and as little steps in between as possible, um... And I think that really the whole calorie thing is important. Some people will say the types of calories you eat matter more than how many calories. Um, I think both. I think that humans need far less calories than we think. Everyone wants to believe that, oh, I'm a powerlifter or I'm an endurance runner or I'm a this or I'm a that. Or this day I need to, you know, carb load. Or this day I need to max out on 100 grams of protein because I did legs. You know, all of that is just garbage. It's all quote-unquote bro science that has been put out there to make you spend your money. We don't need as much food as the industry tells us we do. We don't need, you know, two to 3,000 calories a day. Um, there are some days we might when we're working really really hard uh we might need that many but even then most of us are walking around with far too much body fat and even on the days when we're doing the beast even on the days when we're, we're doing double wads a day or you know whatever we probably don't need that much food we need enough to keep some blood glucose you know flowing so we don't bonk um but we need to stop overfueling our bodies. And you know, I, I say we because I'm I'm right there with everyone else. I struggle with that. There's so many options and there's so much confusing, you know, contradictory information out there that when your body doesn't look like the magazines, you start to you start to scramble oh maybe I maybe I need to follow a diet, maybe I need to be on this diet, maybe I need to go paleo, maybe I need to go back to Acu. Or you know, I guess now it's called keto, um, and and none of that is true. You don't need to follow some expensive program. What you need to do is stop eating so much and make sure the food you are eating is in its whole form or as close to its whole form as possible. Eat real food. Um, even like bars and protein shakes, those are great if you can find some that have you know, less than 20 ingredients, um, RX bars, cliff bars, those are amazing. They're, they're a little higher calorie, but if you're going to use them as fuel and, and you're doing it for a workout or an event or, you know, whatever, then those are, those are great means of, of good, dense, healthy calories. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, I think everyone, medical issue aside again, everyone will benefit from eating clean whole
1: foods, yeah, and less calories. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. foods are so processed now; it's it's disgusting.
0: And
1: yeah, and yeah. And you know,
0: I mean some some of the processing. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that are back in Utah that are like way tree hugger, like purists. Do you know what I mean? And they buy a lot of food that have, like, no preservatives or no, you know, whatever. And the problem with that is if you don't eat it right away, it goes bad. And believe it or not, some food, when it goes bad, it's dangerous, you know. So, I mean, you know, like, some things need – I prefer some some preservatives. I don't want my food to go rancid between the production facility and – my my table. Do you know what I mean? I don't wanna eat food that could potentially harm me. However, it's insane when you really start reading labels how much crap is in our foods. It's like that doesn't need to be. Yeah. You know, and and so that's why, you know, picking those real whole foods. That's that's your best bet. You know that, you know, there's not a bunch of garbage added to it. I think the worst thing is, you know, now we gotta worry about you know, E. coli and salmonella and all this other stuff because everything's just dirty. Mm -hmm. But try to find good, clean, whole food. Whether it's going to, you know, a direct source like a, a farmer's market or a store that that sells, you know, humanely raised non non, you know, like tainted meats and foods. Go to a butcher. Find out a local farmer. Find a local rancher. You know, buy a whole cow if that's what you want to do. Those kinds of things are going to ensure that you're having clean,
1: real food. Exactly, and I mean that's the kind of thing for me. It's it's always been weird because I grew up I grew up in a small town where literally, like, my uncle had a farm, and most time when I was eating a steak, I knew the name of the cow it came from. But yeah. it's always. I like that kind of, you know, too much process is bad. It's kind of like, right. I when I first started losing weight years ago, my nutritionist told me, like, most of the foods I really liked, that she's like, that is horrible for you. But if you make it yourself, it's amazing. Yeah. Like chili. Yeah. I love chili. Yeah. But if I go out and buy a Nally canned chili, that's horrible for you. Yeah. But yeah. if I come home and get some red kidney beans and whatever and make my yeah. own chili... It's amazing for you. It's a great source of fiber. Right. You know, yep. so it's really, it's... And I think that's where most people get hung up. They get hung up on the foods they eat. And it's, okay, it's not really the foods you eat that's your problem. It's where you're getting them from.
0: Exactly.
1: It's just and like you, you know, said, and yeah. it's
0: hard. It's hard now because food has become a business. Oh, yeah. And once something becomes a business... Uh, Not to sound, you know, too negative, but once something becomes a business, it becomes all about money.
1: Yeah.
0: And once something becomes about money, it no longer it no longer is a thing about what is healthiest, what's cleanest, what's the best for the people. It's what's the cheapest, what's the easiest, and how can I make the biggest profit?
1: Yeah. What's the best?
0: uh, Yeah, I don't want to sound like one of those crazies, but food is important, and food for health is. Yeah. I mean, they're one and they're one and the same, right? And so I can sit here and tell you how to train, and tell you how to take care of your injuries, and tell you, you know, all these things. But two things come down to it: if you're not sleeping and you're not eating well, then everything else you do is for naught. You yeah. will not be healthy because those two key items are like human basic survival, right? and what's happening is we're not sleeping we're we're stealing hours from our our night we're stealing hours from our repair we're stealing hours from our, our body cleansing you know time to work more to be able to afford things like dirty food and yeah. it's, it's a horrible cycle and thank thankfully there's a small movement happening, you know, of people that realize like we're, we're not going to survive as a species the way it currently is. We're trashing our planet. We're trashing our bodies and whatever your belief system is of of what's going on. The reality is our, our food is suffering.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. It's
0: not, it's not what it was 50 years ago. Our soil is not what it was, you know, a hundred years ago, 50 years ago. Um, it's just not and the the quicker we can understand that and the quicker we can believe it and the quicker we can make change the better we will be globally but first and foremost the better you're going to be for yourself Right. Like, oh, yeah. y- you've got to be eating good food but that good food is only as good as it is as it's source if it's dirty but good food you know it's still dirty it's, yeah It's got pesticides, it's got chemicals, it's got, you know, whatever on it. You're still, you're still harming, you're harming your body. And you are the only one that has control over your destiny and your life and your health and how long you're going to live. Do you know what I mean? And the number one thing you can do to ensure a longer life is eat good food and get good food.
1: I agree. I mean, because that's one thing you run into. It's like, you know, I was saying about, like, the, the chili and stuff. It's the same with, like, burgers, stuff like that. Yeah. Burgers aren't yeah. that bad for you. Neither yeah, steak. If you go get a good non-GMO, non-whatever yeah. meat yeah. and cook it yourself and cook it right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not going to McDonald's and getting whatever that is or one of those what? fast food places that it's, it's meat, I think, yeah. but...
0: Or it's been sitting and who yeah. knows what kind of storage facility for how long and yeah. And, and yeah yeah it's
1: dangerous and yeah so yeah if you want to take control of your house start there I know. all right well we're we're a little over an hour now so <laughs> sorry that's I feel okay like we always go over time <laughs> oh that's okay i mean it's great information i'm hoping the listeners you know are eating the, eating this up um yeah. is there anything you want to say to the listeners in closing um.
0: Gosh, there's lots I want to say, but uh, uh just keep, just keep keeping on. You know, don't, uh, don't let everything get to you and 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 make you feel overwhelmed. You know, if you if you have an injury, reach out. If you're struggling with your diet or you're struggling with sleeping or you're struggling with any sort of health related issue, I completely understand how sometimes it can almost be debilitating and and you can feel ashamed or angry or all these emotions because that's that's your life. But uh don't keep it in, you know, we're we're a huge group, we're a huge family. All of us deeply love and care for each other and we're all here. And if there's something that I can personally do or, or any of us to Shed some light on the subject, or, or at least maybe give you some ideas of something to try. Uh, reach out. Don't don't just you know beat yourself up or, or get depressed or give up because something's not working for you. There's there's far too many of us to, to let that happen.
1: Oh, well, I agree. I mean, there's I mean, there's over two thousand beasts now, but I mean, there, there's still a yeah. really good core group um, yes. between. The leadership and everything else like that. I mean, reach out to one of the leadership group or somebody and find out who to talk to. I mean, you know, like I said, there's Janelle you can talk to. There's so many different people that have knowledge in all these different areas that, I mean, you can... There's somebody to talk to. There's someone to help you. And
0: if you're not sure who, just start poking around. Just reach out to somebody. And it's such a big web of people will know, you know, someone will know someone who knows yep. someone, <laughs> that's just kind of how it goes, so, so don't be shy, you know, just I mean, we all, we're all in this together it's not just the races this is this is life, and if there's something that I can do that improves somebody's life, even one degree that, that makes my life even better, you know, and, and I know I'm not the only one that feels that way, Adam feels that way, you feel that way, yes. and that's why we do all these things that we do, right? Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, take advantage of this amazing family that we have and all the people who have so many different skill sets. You know, there's, there's really no reason to just beat your head against the wall and, and struggle through something when there's so many of us that are, that are excited and happy to help. Or even just sit there and, and suffer through with you and make sure you get through the other side. I mean, sometimes oh, yeah. that's, that's all you need, too, you know?
1: Exactly. So and if you guys yeah. enjoyed this Q&A let us know um, yeah I, I, we're, we're willing to do more as many as you guys want um, let us know what you guys want for Q&A's and if you have more questions for Janelle we can bring her on you know back in a month or so and do this all over again yeah. so
0: yeah. alright yeah I would love to come back i got some other things that I think uh, would be fun to talk about so perfect some questions my way or yeah we'll have to do it again
1: oh we will definitely all right um thank you janelle
0: cool thanks so much mike i really appreciate
1: it all right we'll talk to you later all right
0: bye everyone
1: have a great week all right bye okay,
0: Bye. thanks for listening to the beast net podcast brought to you by beast ocr don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear you can find us on facebook or at beastocr.com.